How do you pick a real estate agent? Yes, so that can be a couple of different things. Agents are now probably better educated as well as to what properties are going to sell for. Talking about it over coffee when we used to just catch up for coffee and not record it. You talk about it in a way that's accessible and easy to listen. If you've if you've been in your career for a short while, how do you take yourself to the next level? Yeah, um, it was Start really a podcast. Yeah, clearly. exactly right. Yeah, epic this week on the property part. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to The Property Pod, your accessible and easy to listen to podcast that is back from its second hiatus. I'm Aaron Horn, your host, and I'm joined, as usual, by John McGregor. Gentlemen. And Patrick Berry. How's it going, everyone? Nice to be back in the seat. Look, just like Melbourne coming out of lockdown, we are too. We're back on the mic. Oh, he's <laughs> calling it early. Melbourne yep. out of lockdown. He's ready to rock and I'm roll. I'm ready to go. And just like this, we're back up and running again. <laughs> it's been an interesting time. It's kind of um, since you guys have become the super agency that you are here at 414, work has just been coming out of my wazoo. Yeah. And it's clearly been coming out of your wazoos. And just even thinking about the podcast was the last thing on my mind. Um, I, I thought about it every time. I walked past the studio and thought, geez, that's empty. We do nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, look, it was it was kind of hard because you guys were coming at me and being like, oh, when can we get it done? Can we get it done? I'm like, oh, yep, trying to have a crack at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and funnily enough, again, people have been reaching out in that time, um, not just my nan. We've got a few emails that came through just being like, oh, is that it? Is the show done? My brothers did it too. They're like, Johnny, when's the next episode coming out? Same. Mm-hmm. My brother in Canada, another listener who, who lives in Amsterdam, he's calling up just being like, what? And he's actually in the market looking to kind of buy in Hobart. Oh, wow. And he's yep. just like, you know, I'd love some info on what's happening there. And I'm saying, oh, I don't know yeah, if yeah. we are the best source. <laughs> but for, it's good that you're yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good that you're asking. <laughs> I sh- you should listen to this, the, the disclaimer at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, more than once. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's good to be back. It's great to see you guys in full swing and working in the same um, offices. Is Yeah, it's pretty amazing to see you guys work side by side and bounce off each other well, I think, daily. Well, I know when um, we were chatting about before we started, it was we're more disciplined disciplined when we weren't in the office because obviously you had to be there and uh, really well organised but now it's sort of because I mean, we all just got we've all just got busy I, you know I know what you're talking about Aaron and I have been ready every Wednesday morning at 8.30 John where have I? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron and I have the discipline. Yeah. We're just missing our third person. It's, it's only because he pays me to be here from yeah, 8 yeah. o'clock onwards. If I'm not here, yeah. I wouldn't yeah, be you'll here. You'll get paid, yeah. <laughs> well, this, uh, I'm, I'm excited today because this dear friend of mine's come in. Um, it's good to um, come back with a good guest on a, on a topic we haven't actually – well, we haven't covered – we've covered title insurance, which was, you know, probably not one that people could relate to well. And everyone, stop. Do not turn off the microphones because we're talking about insurance. Yeah, yeah. Today no. is going to be good. Yeah, Taylor's awesome. Um, she's a really dear friend of mine, but she um, is coming with a really interesting perspective and this is about building your team again and again insurance is sort of one of those like last minute rush decisions when someone goes oh you better sort that out and you're like what oh, yeah yeah, and yeah then you make a quick cone call and yeah she's got a lot of lot of good stuff i think it's um um yeah in the future should be someone for everyone to reach out to as well yeah cool well let's mm. jump to taylor and yep. we'll um yeah we'll be right back all right, guys, that's right. We are back on deck with our guest today who has come in from Steadfast Taz White. She's an award-winning insurance broker. Her name is Taylor Holmes. Welcome, Taylor. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Thanks no for joining worries. us. Anytime. Yeah, no, it's great to have you on board. It's great that um, John's put this one together. So can you kind of explain, John, how you got Taylor on board and um, how you guys know each other? Uh, well, I suppose we were made um, through a mutual friend initially. 
lucky enough to become close friends after that. <laughs> but you're you're my broker as well. Um, and, and the other thing, after all this journey, we haven't actually um, looked at the idea of and actually insurance when it comes to your homes, either be it for investments or you know for your first home or commercial buildings. You, you know, you name it, whatever you need. But if you think about it, that's actually probably one of the most. It's one of the first things that a purchase is required to do. So we just signed a contract yesterday. Um, and the first thing I said to the purchaser was, look, go organise a cover note on your house. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. That's one of the first things for sure. And a lot of people forget that, um, that as soon as they sign a contract, uh, they have to take out an insurance policy. Yeah, that's that's something that surprised me the day that I was kind of like, oh, let's like buy this house. And it's like, when do you insure it? Like, how do you go about kind of starting it up this idea of like, does it do you insure it the moment you take the keys, do you insure it? the moment you sign the contract. As soon as you sign the contract. Um, and your conveyancer will definitely tell you that, but sometimes you're not engaging those till later on. Yep. And I actually have a real experience of that. Um, I purchased a house two years ago yep. and they unfortunately had some water damage in one of the rooms and it happened between um, me signing the contract and settlement. Um, and so that really made it really hard um, in settlement because I didn't obviously want to take the home over with that damage. Um, yeah, right. So what we did is in the end, I did take a settlement from the owners themselves. Um, they claimed it on their insurance policy, but if they didn't have that policy in place, which generally speaking, they will lapse as soon as contracts in place. Yeah, sure. I would have had to claim it. But thankfully, because I'm in the game, I did know to put the policy in place as well from my perspective. Yeah, so I guess that's a lucky thing that you are knowledgeable on it because otherwise, you know, someone else that that isn't knowledgeable wouldn't know kind of like, oh, what happens between this kind of middle area Mm, of... It's a grey area. Yeah. So Um, it's really good that we've got you in today to kind of cover off some things that, you know, first home buyers or people out there that don't know these things may be able to um, to mm. find out about insurance. Well, that's I mean, that's an awesome case study right off the bat. Can you walk us through what happened from beginning to end? Yeah, definitely. So I went and visited the property and, of course, these days in real estate you can only visit the property once. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I vaguely remember what it looked like. I was a bit excited. You, you actually turned up to the wrong house when you Yeah, went probably. Yeah. <laughs> Fighting off all the other um, people there. But viewed the property, loved it, put an offer in. Then you don't see it again, obviously, until um, obviously they tell you, ring you up and say that you've You've won the contract, signed the contract, and then you do a pre-settlement inspection. Pre-settlement inspection Which is up around. like two months later. That's the thing too. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it didn't look right. Uh, one of the rooms didn't look right. There was water damage. It was bubbling. Um, and I wasn't feeling comfortable. Ooh, it sounds like a horror movie. It was. Mm. It was. And for a first home <laughs> as well, um, yeah, you, you want that to, to go seamlessly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't. <laughs> So, you know, I put my foot down and I was like, okay, well, I knew um, that as soon as I signed that contract um, with the real estate agent, I put insurance in place for the building and some minimal contents um, because minimal contents will cover fixtures, fittings, carpets, blinds as well, um, which could have been damaged in that process too, but they weren't, thankfully. So I had a discussion before I did actually um, go through with the settlement about that damage and thankfully I didn't have to claim it on my policy, which would have meant that I had to pay the excess. Sure. Considering it did happen when it was in the ownership still of previous owner. Mm-hmm. So they did claim it and refunded me the money, but it is a grey period, yeah, grey area, grey period of time, um, and it's not something you really. It's not a time where you really want to get legals involved or anything like mm. that. No, as you say, first home, you want it to kind of run as smoothly as possible. And Absolutely, it's definitely an extra cog in the chain of being like, how do we navigate this? And definitely. So in that case, I mean, you obviously represent yourself yes. as an insurance broker, yes. so you're basically fighting for yourself in that. Correct. Sense. Correct. I mean, how would um, what would that happen if you know if someone hadn't had you in your corner um so they would have to do it on their own so in that case so in this instance um just so i got the timeline right the the water damage was assumed that was happened 
in the contract period or it might have happened before and you didn't see it? What was no, it contract period. Okay. Um, it, it happened through um, some water damage, um, some severe storms that were happening through that time. Um, I purchased in June and it happened probably in around the April mark. Okay. Um, to be honest, they didn't even tell me that. They did know about it, the owners, but mm. of course they've got their best interest at heart. Yep. Um, and then, you know, they did own up to it obviously um, towards the end. So we, we claimed it that way. Yeah, okay. And then with if, if you didn't have you in the corner, like you as a broker in the corner, would the conveyances or anything have stepped in at that point? Or you think nah. it probably just No, nah, you'd be on your own. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, right. So that's the difference between having a broker and going direct to an insurance um, agent is that – you don't have anyone in your, in, your, in your back corner, really. Um, so we advocate for the clients. We are engaged by the client. We're not engaged by the insurers at all. Um, so we're there really to advocate for you um, and any issues straight from that cover note point, um, any claims, any queries, anything like that. So we are there to make sure that, you know, you get the best experience from um, an unfortunate event, which is the whole reason you take out an insurance policy. Well, that's actually, that's an interesting distinction because one thing we often have said in this show is build a team around you and associate people with who now have an expertise that's not your own, you know. Definitely. So, And I guess people would think often mistake the idea that an insurance broker is the same as insurance company. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're two exceptionally different things, yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we get tarnished with that same brush. No one likes insurance, um, mm. which, you know, we're the same, but we want to make that experience as smooth as possible for you because um, we understand how hard it is. I mean, we're dealing with it on a day-to-day basis, but it's the same, I'm, I'm no good at selling houses, so that's why I engage you guys to do that. Um, mm. And the same as, you know, mortgage broking, that sort of thing. Again, I have no idea about finance, so I'm going to engage with someone who does. And it's the same with insurance. If you have no idea um, and, you know, you don't want to have those question marks over your head in the event standing around your house whilst it's in ashes, um, engage yeah. with an insurance broker. Yeah. So I know nothing about insurance, so I've got a question here. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of people say when you buy a home you should take out what they call a cover note. Yes. Is a cover note different to like just a standard insurance policy that I would buy now as a homeowner? Good so question. Good qu- Cover notes are generally of the past. They're actually not a thing anymore. Some direct insurers such as when I say direct, I mean RACTs and Amy's and those sort of guys, they still will provide one but really it's just referencing the cooling off period. Okay. So if we, if we issue a lot of people say cover note, it's still a policy, but we'd, if you didn't want to proceed with it, we'd cancel it off after the cooling off period, okay. so, which is generally 30 days. So so what do you mean by cooling off period in insurance perspective? Cooling off period means um, you put a policy in place, um, which some people refer to as cover note, and you've got 30 days to make a decision as to whether that policy is right for you. Sometimes a property doesn't go ahead, so you've got 30 days to make that decision to cancel it off, yep. especially with longer settlements, especially on a property. We can talk to insurers about extending that out, especially from a um, pricing point. Mm. If you put an um, offer on a house and settlement doesn't occur for, say, 60 days, you don't really want to pay for the insurance before that settlement happens. So we can mm. talk to the insurers about extending that out a little bit as well just to help um, so from a financial like perspective. Pay for 12 but get 14. <laughs> no, not quite. The policy. Oh, come on. No, not quite. <laughs> Always I looking wish. for a deal. Right? I wish. Yeah. Always looking for a deal. Yeah. I wish. I wish that was the case. And if if there was a way, I'd make a way. But there's not. Um, it still does start from the day you took it out, which 
in some people's mind, they will think covenant date, which is the date you sign the contract. Yeah. So that will be your renewal date going forward. Just means you don't have to pay it until potentially, you know, 60 days time if, if need be. Yeah, for sure. Mm. It's, that's crazy because I know the day I was signing up for my house, I didn't really think about the idea of insuring from that day, etc. Mm. And so it was kind of like, oh crap, who do I go with or what do I use or how do I do it? So it was kind of this rush decision, like everything else had been well considered and- <laughs> What's that? A rush decision. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was calculated. <laughs> a calculated, calculated rush, calculated rush, rush decision. <laughs> but everything else had been thought about to an extent. But mm. insurance, I was just like, Phew, I don't have to worry about that till it's my house. Mm-hmm. Mm. So the idea of this cooling off period is is something that's a good idea, kind of being like, oh, crap, I jumped onto the first one I found online, like a meerkat jumped up and said, oh, use me. meerkat. <laughs> <laughs> See that on the billboards everywhere. Um, well, you were 100% right. Yes. So that cooling off period gives you time, gives you breathing space yes. um, to make the decisions to revise your sums insured, to revise the cover that's best suited for you, to add in more contents later um, if you need to, obviously move in dates and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, it really gives you that time to revise the whole policy and make sure it's suitable for you. For sure. So yeah. I like that idea where you're walking into a building, you've got a bulletproof vest and all the protection you can possibly can, then you walk through the door and realise, oh, I don't really need this, I can take that little bit off and yeah. maybe adjust that, don't need that much protection. Yeah, definitely. So, but definitely. it's about just getting everything in at the one hit, just so, look, you're covered, you, mm-hmm. you can relax, now let's slowly work towards When John said that, did you think of the Matrix straight away? No, I was thinking of that idiot in Melbourne that was all like chested up. Oh. <laughs> it's just like, where is he going with yeah. this? No, I just thought of like the Matrix where he walks in with the big trench coats and he opens up yeah, the jacket. That's right. and I just yeah. pictured you there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, with insu- insurance policy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Public liability. You know, so rental cover. <laughs> I got it off. We could, we could make a meme out of that, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely good. Definitely good. So this is going to sound silly as well. As, as I've just um, said, I knew nothing about insurance prior to this, I had no idea about this brokerage idea either. I just Mm. thought you literally go to Google and search house insurance. How do you get the services of a broker? Like how do you know to search this out? How is this something that I had no idea about? Well, before before you answer that, I I didn't – it was was until we were chatting like three nights ago and I I didn't – I mean, I've been been a property manager, like a strata, uh, strata manager, work with you know insurance policies direct and brokers, and I'd never even remembered the idea that in the end, you know, you're my client in some respects because the brokers to advocate for the client to mm-hmm. get as much out of the policy as they possibly can. Mm, definitely, and I, I didn't even think of it that way. A lot of people um, automatically have a policy when it's a business, um, so it's, especially because business is quite complex, you need different policies because um, not. Every policy suits everyone, so it is very tailored. Um, but the same thing is goes for home and contents and cars and domestic products, is what which we call them. Um, is because not every policy will suit everyone either. Yep. Um, we've got Airbnb now. We've got long term tenants, short term tenant, bed and breakfasts. You know, partially occupied, so owner occupied up the top, renting out down the bottom. Um, family members in there, yep. um, or you know, sometimes people just renting out each room um, as boarders. So not every policy suits everyone either. Um, so it, brokers are engaged for that perspective to make sure that the cover is correct. Again, you're probably right, but a lot of people don't know what brokers yeah, are yeah. or they'd go straight to those people that are in your face all the time, like that meerkat. That bloody meerkat. <laughs> Again, those services do do still mean that you have to have, make a calculated decision because yep. they may be comparing against each other, but again, you don't really know the details of how to compare them yes, um, exactly. and what you need. Uh, so, yeah, brokers, to be honest, they probably aren't advertised enough in that. Yeah. 
in that domestic space where they should be, especially now uh, and because, you know, the world is changing and nothing fits in that nice little box. Everything's outside the box, which is exactly why brokers are engaged for the outside the box stuff. So, like, back to Aaron's question, I mean, the idea being, okay, trying to make the distinction about, all right, I need insurance, but then um, someone's asking what is a broker or why don't I just go to what I had with my car insurance? Like what is the distinction there and um, how can they source find a good one like yourself in that respect? Yeah, definitely. Um, word of mouth's a big one, um, but obviously using um, using a broker service is the same as using a mortgage broker. I mean, we get paid by the insurer. There is some broker fees that are involved, but again, generally it's below what you'd be paying with other insurers directly. Uh, So, again, I mean, it depends whether you know what decision you're making to fit your circumstances going direct to an insurer, Um, same as you'd be going direct to a bank, Mm. um, where the broker, the mortgage broker, the insurance broker, I mean, they'll be dealing with several different products that aren't even available directly to the public. They'll make that best decision with you um, to fit your circumstances. Um, but, yeah, Google search, word of mouth, um, there's plenty of us around. Yeah. So there's yeah, a lot cool. of insurance brokers around as there are mortgage brokers, as and there are real estate. Another, yep. another example might be like your um, your flight centres or something like yeah. that. Like it's quite easy to get online and go searching for the best deal possible and you'll spend all this time doing it. But mm. if you actually go to the experts, they'll be like, oh, well, we actually get these other ways to travel and we've got special deals that we have yep. cut. So Definitely. essentially it's kind of like finding that – yeah. Having a um, well, uh, someone, someone in your corner, and I think yes, that's say exactly with um, what I'm trying to get um, to. Property management and sometimes can be considered almost a level of insurance if you're um, for your property, and it may seem like you're spending a lot up front, but it's not until obviously you really need to leverage the expertise of that person that it really comes into play. Definitely. And I know where um, you know in an insurance broker's perspective, someone's going, "Oh my God, there's a hundred dollar brokerage fee." It's like, <laughs> do you can you even comprehend how much time it's going to take you if you've got even a remotely semi complicated claim? It's going to cost you a lot more than a hundred bucks of your time, and there's no way they're going to be able to leverage the same as what you could do if you had if they're if they had you you know looking after them in that sense. Yeah, you're hundred percent right, and time's money. Um, mm. Time, you know, for you guys, better spent selling houses, um, doing property management, doing podcasts, doing podcasts <laughs> <laughs> as well. I mean, you can't um, you can't spend all your time doing insurance because you know otherwise you're not making money so yes. really we want to we want to be that time saver um, and look into that you know those policies for you and make sure that you know your time's better spent on the stuff that you do um, and we'll we'll deal with the stuff that we know best yep. So what are, what's some stuff that people what, – what kind of information do people need to come to you or what questions are you asking, um, like, okay, um, landlords or you – know, I, didn't, I didn't think of that, but as you said, um, if someone does have a policy that they're living upstairs and renting down, like what, what, are, what, what information should either people be asking or what are you asking them when setting up these policies? Yeah, definitely. So we'll, we'll ask obviously exterior um, – we'll ask construction details, you, you builds, rewiring, re-plumbing – those sort of details um, when the prop- when the property was built, how many levels it is, but then that's just the exterior issues. And then it's who occupies the premises. Do you rent out any of the rooms? Um, is it to family or friends? Is it to people that um, you found on flatmates.com? Mm. Um, and I'm one of those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am one of those. I have a flatmates.com roommate um, who's worked out perfectly. Mm. Um, and, you know, sometimes people are living, you know, 
upstairs of their property and renting out below. It's a way to bring in new revenue streams and I get that. Um, mm. It's just a matter of catering that policy to make sure that in the event of a claim, that insurer is not going to go, no, nah, declined. We didn't know about that. So it's all about disclosure. That's um, interesting. So it's like the, the natural inclination is to tell you less but it would be if they're sitting with you, you, you tell them everything. Is that mm, the idea? Absolutely. They tell mm. us everything um, and we then tell the insurer what we believe they need to know um, to accurately um, – create a risk profile and insure that property. Uh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, because, <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm like – there's lots mm. of times I'm like, oh, well, if we don't let them know – like it's that whole idea of how um, how much of the value of your assets kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And like years ago I would have said like, oh, I've got $20,000 worth of DVDs. Yes. But that's like landfill now, so it's worth mm-hmm. $0. But like that was my biggest asset. At the time. But I was like, oh, yeah, I've got to put that on there because I'm so proud of my collection. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But like – how do you know what the value of your actual stuff is and how do you know, like, oh, am I shooting myself in the foot by claiming this much? Yeah, of if course. If we were to tell you that, you'd know how much of them passed that of along the line. Of course it would. Yeah, it's all about communication and honesty with your broker. I yep. mean, you've got to remember that they are in your corner and they, mm. you know, they are engaged by you um, and they will let you know what is um, – Best in the way of sums insured. Again, a client always has to decide that the end um, sums insured, like the building and the contents. Yep. But we'll help you. Um, we'll help you. We'll let you know what is contents, what is building, what you should insure, what what things are important to you. Yeah. Um, as you said, your DVD collection. <laughs> Man, I was proud of that thing. Oh yeah. Just because yeah. I put twenty grand into it, <laughs> didn't mean it was worth that at the end. Well, I mean, probably what? wasn't a long term investment. <laughs> remember, no. remember the old VCR collection you guys had, Pat? No, I was, I was impressed every time I went around your house to see that big um, you know, VCR collection. I but worked at Video Easy, and I liked going to his house. Yeah, to look exactly. At his yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, see, you know, I, I, there was. I, I think I want to reinforce it again because it's something I didn't think of until we were chatting the other day. Mm. That's why I really wanted you on. Is that? Um, yeah, the a broker versus an insurance going to an insurance company versus your broker is your advocate. Absolutely. To, to the insurance company, is that right? So Absolutely. when a claim gets made, it's the broker's job to maximise your um, coverage potential and returns if ever a claim is made. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And yeah. a lot of the a lot of the reason we like to get involved from start to finish is because we'll create that policy with you, um, so that and and give you the understanding of how it works, so that when a claim does occur. You don't have a question mark over it. You yep. know exactly mm. what you're going to be getting. The understanding from you is there. There's no hidden surprises. Can't stand a hidden surprise. It's not something that we wanted to be dealing with yep. when, you know, as you said, your house is in ashes around you or, you know, you've got water damage up to the, up to the ceiling. Yep. Um, yep. It's not a time to have question marks. We want to make that seamless as possible. Um, and so... You know, in the event of a claim, you contact us. We deal with it for you. We'll deal with all that um, with insurer so you're not on the phone to call centres um, for, you know, what can be an hour sometimes. Yeah. Let's be honest, call centres mm. are call centres. Um, we do that for you because, again, time is money for you guys and, you know, it's a stressful time. You yeah. want you want to engage with someone who knows what they're doing um, and who is going to take that element. I mean, sometimes obviously when something's happened, you can't think straight. So you contact your broker and they deal with it all for you because mm. that time is too stressful for you to have to be talking to different people. Yep. Um, and sometimes it's several different people in the process um, to make sense of. So we sort of a project manager over that claim as well. That's a cool analogy. So it's a project, project manager over the claim and that sort of think, well, all of a sudden you're living in this giant mess 
you've got mm. family you're looking after, you're mm. still going to work yeah. and you're supposed to be managing a claim. So then you're talking to seven different people on while you're on the phone, in the car, and this be there'd be very few of us that could remain level-headed exactly. and get the answers we need in, in, except, in exceptional situations. Yeah, well, it's sort of like um, you, you go to a doctor and they tell you some bad news. Um, you generally have to have someone there with you because you can't absorb that because your mind is in a place of protection mode and thinking, oh, my God, what is happening to me? It's the same in the event of a you know, disastrous claim. Yeah. Um, you can't absorb any of that information um, mm. that way we can for you and at a time that's you know, suitable for you, we'll go through that whole process with you um, and make sure that you know, all the information is betrayed to you um, and make sure that you're still getting everything that you, know, you deserve to. Yeah, cool. So one little cool, I suppose, I was chatting with a couple of friends um, last weekend where we're talking about mortgage reviews mm-hmm. um, and that um, – it's often you'll find that you have to reach out to the um, your mortgage broker at the bank and that tends to ask, oh, are there any new changes to my yeah. uh, fees, please? Um, so when um, – now if, if anyone's got their policies, it would be – whenever I suppose a renewal is ready is the time to probably revisit the policy. But um, when when do – I think when you said before full disclosure is important. So if, ever, if I make a big purchase at my house and all of a sudden, you know, you've got a big expensive engagement ring, that's the time again to send you a quick email and just, hey, hey, hey. We've just bought this. Can you please add that? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And insurance is about um, peace of mind. Are you going to sleep at night knowing that you proposed to your girlfriend or your boyfriend last night and you've spent $10,000 on this ring? Are you going to be comfortable in that person wearing that ring the next day and losing it? Can you afford to replace it? Mm. Or do you want to insure that and not self-insure it? Um, so those sort of those sort of things throughout the year, um, we don't like to just review 12 monthly. Um, we like to review – you know, as many times throughout the year um, when you make different purchases as required. Um, And automatically we will remarket that policy um, 12 monthly when when the renewal date comes through just to make sure you're still getting the best bang for your buck Um, because that's important too, if ever at at the moment with – with the circumstances that everyone's in. Yeah, so, definitely. So, okay. but, oh, sorry, mate. Uh, I guess uh, just leading from there, so you're saying like about renewing sort of thing, when is the best time to um, kind of take your services on board? Like if I'm in the middle of a policy, can we still just be like, oh, I'm looking into kind of changing things up? Yeah, definitely. I mean, a lot of, it depends how your policy set up, whether you're paying it monthly or you're paying it annually. Yep. Um, if you're midway through the policy and you're really unhappy, um, look, we will we – will, do our best with you to make that happen. We also bear in mind that, you know, some insurers that you may be with might have some cancellation um, fees that are attached. So we would prefer to do it on renewal date. Yep. Um, but again, if you're really unhappy and you've had a really bad experience, we need to we need to act quickly on that. Yep. On a month-to-month policy, then, yeah, it can be done at any time. Yep. So then I guess um, lastly when it comes to if people are thinking what the addition – is there a difference in – um, cost versus going to a, you know direct or a broker. From my experience, is pretty well negligible. Yeah, but definitely. the 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 value is you know immeasurable in that sense. Yeah, exactly. I mm. mean, we pride ourselves on the value adding, um, and you know the you know unlimited service um, that's mm. available throughout the whole policy. Whether it, whether you claim all the time, whether you don't, um, you know, but on renewal as well. And any just general queries that you have throughout the year as well, I mean, we're more than happy to advise on policies that we don't have. Again, it has to be general advice. We can't give specific advice around yeah. that. Mm. Um, but, we, you know, we're in your corner on anything insurance related. But you're 100% right. The insurer pays us a commission. Mm. You know, you will see a broker fee at time to time on policies, um, 
but again, negligible. Um, this, yeah, the it's second still competing with probably what you already have. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, and, and it's that the, the second you have to kick in a claim and you're like handball and then Taylor yeah, takes $25. over. And like, and I guess, <laughs> you yeah, wouldn't even think anything oh, of it. It's crazy. And I guess that's a really good, important thing to remember because um, when I was chatting the other night, it's like people think like, oh, what's my broker doing for them? They're idiots or, uh, you know, they, they think you're the bad guy. Like, you know, it's mm. completely wrong. It's like, exactly. no. Exactly. Um, actually, the other thing is too is it – we're the messenger. Yeah. We're the messenger. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's the same in, in our business because the only reason why, you know, if, as far as I'm concerned, property management fees um, are exceptionally good value and cheap because you're managing a portfolio. So if you're the only person that they were looking after and you had to charge them, you know, by the hour, well, then you're going to be 100 bucks an hour to make a claim and all right, to make a claim is going to cost you $5,000 in that broker's time. So mm-hmm. um, the thing is then yeah, the, the, the tiny little uh, proportion on that invoice that people are going to get upset about is like, mate, you have made a complex claim in your life, have you? Um, exactly, exactly. And we're not we're not lawyers, we're not accountants. We don't account for every six minutes of our day. Yeah. Um, if we did, those fees would be a lot more. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd you'd, give you'd, you that. You'd have but... at least six Gucci bags rolling up oh, your shoulder, ro- rolling up, yeah. And hitting the limo. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd, ha- I'd have that wardrobe. That yeah. Literally have them all lined out. But no, and no that we don't work insured. that way. Yeah. yeah, they would be insured because but- I can't afford to have those um, – Uninsured or no self-insured, way, and I think <laughs> and I think it's a good um, way to close. In some ways, we, you know, getting back to the idea, you're building a, you know, you're building a team, mm. um, and I really think that sense that if you are just starting out, you know, have your have your broker lined up ready before you've um, signed a contract. Now, that couple yesterday, they're like, oh, I didn't even realise we needed to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, um, these are little quick phone calls and conversations you can have, and the, um, you know. Taylor can have – I suppose you could have all the details ready to go. It's like, Definitely. yep, when you've got that contract, send it to me. We'll get that. Um, not a not a cover note. The cooling off. Yeah, we, we uh, yeah, policy, yeah. policy with the cooling off period, which they the all do have. And Johnny, as you said, I mean, mm. you, you have people that purchase properties or purchase anything, and they're not really sure how to insure it, and they quickly go out and buy something. What we want to prevent people doing is quickly going out and buy something, and then every time it renews, they just renew, and, and they roll over, like private health insurance, like you know, pet insurance and all those sort of yeah. things that we all we all do and sometimes your mortgages, like we we just roll those over and without even thinking about it. We don't want that to happen because mm. again, your circumstances change year to year, you know, throughout the year. We want to make sure that that policy is still best well, suited to you and you know what it's covering. Well that's an interesting point because I mean dad had it obviously would have been an old policy mm. where um, their retaining wall collapsed and whether he thought he had, you know, full building and contents, but as was an old policy, it didn't have fencing cover. So he wasn't covered at all for that. And he's like, mm-hmm. well, I now have fencing insurance. Exactly. Um, but that's a point of you said where we're ignorant. We just let things roll over where if you've got the right person in your corner, they'll do that review and do the hard work for you. Ask the right questions so that you know you, you're covered adequately. Yeah, we want everyone to be proactive, mm. not reactive. You mm. don't want to have – there's no point having a policy that's going to cover something after the event's already happened because you really needed that policy to be in place or that section to be covered prior to the loss so that you're covered for it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Mm. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, those those things are um, things that, you know, we help everyone with. We make sure that those sections are included. Um, you know, there is policies out there that do exclude uh, – they exclude fencing or they have a different excess for a tree falling down on your property, which is disclosed very low in the product disclosure statement. No one reads those, but no. we read them for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, we know those things. I mean, we could recite them probably word for word, um, but that's that's our job. 
Um, we don't expect you to take them to bed with you and do a little bit of light reading. Um, it would send you to sleep within the first five minutes, I swear. Oh, that yeah, might be good for insomniacs yeah. out there. <laughs> Read your policy. Yeah. In that um, ASMR stuff. This, and then the tree uh, will fall. Yeah. Section, oh, yes. section three. Yes. <laughs> tree filling. <laughs> oh, and it, absolutely. And, I mean, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that you have the understanding. So it's yeah. not even just us knowing what we're doing. We want We want to teach you. We want to teach you and make sure that you are your own little insurance expert on your own personal circumstances yeah, to make cool. sure there's that's no hidden surprises. Yeah, yeah, and that, that's where you went um, spoke before that education process with mm-hmm. the client to say, look, this is this is how it's all going to map out in the worst case scenario in every direction. Mm-hmm. So then, when that worst case scenario happens, they go, okay, you told me about this. I know that this is going to be happening from here on in. Exactly, because um, so we don't want that circumstance where it's he said, she said, oh, you didn't tell me this. We want to make sure it's clear. Mm. Um, it's very clear. You know what. You know what you are, and you're not covered for. So yep. you know that you know we don't have to have those nasty discussions well, later on. I know, like it's the same when I'm um, walking through a contract with a client. So there was a young couple. We'd got them to speak with their conveyancer, and they looked back at the contract, and the, the conveyancer said, "Yep, yep, you're good to sign that." And then I asked them, "So did they walk you through what the condition precedent um, and how that's going to um, imply if something goes wrong?" They said, "The condition what?" So the thing is, is that though they've got, in that instance, obviously they've got confidence from, you know, their expert to say, look, you're right to sign this, Mm. but they still didn't understand what they were signing. They were just trusting that the person they asked um, would have their their back. But what we did after spending, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour with them was that they knew what they were signing and they knew that the person had them, had their back. So. Oh yeah. It's super important. I mean, mm. the understanding piece, I mean, I would never um, have someone just sign something without understanding what it means um, Mm. because that's important. You should never put a signature on something that you do not understand because that's when you get into trouble on all circumstances. Yeah. And and for insurance, that's what a good broker is going to do for you. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Definitely. Yeah, cool. Well, I've got mm. some new understandings today. Firstly, I learned <laughs> yeah. that there's such thing as an insurance broker and you, you don't just Google there search. Is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, thanks you can for Google search a lot of things, but yeah, prob- probably not your own insurance well, yeah. unless you're, in, you, you're researching for an insurance broker. Then, yeah, that's, it's that's always that cautious, like, you know, the, the joke is, you know, don't Google doctor. Well, I think it can be applied to almost anything because yeah, it it's really difficult to figure out how that wording is going to apply to your specific circumstance as well. Definitely. Mm. Definitely. We're, we're talking about Googling things, but if people were um, trying to look for steadfast, Taswide or your services, Taylor, how would they go about finding information on yourself? Yeah, well, we do have a website. We have a website. We're all on LinkedIn, email addresses, yep. contact numbers. So we're, we're local. I mean, we, we're very much um, advocates for keeping things local. Yep. Um, we've got four, four branches amongst Tassie. Yep. We actually do have a Melbourne branch as well to, to make sure that they can facilitate Melbourne. That's not just to say that we can um, only do Tassie. We can do the whole of Australia. So, yeah, cool. Mm. But, yeah, we can, we're on Elizabeth Street in Hobart um, and, yeah, anyone can contact me um, by all means, mobile, anytime, um, and we'll, we'll sort everyone out. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for your time. Thanks for coming in. No uh, worries. Thanks for having me. No, it was good. How did you feel about it? <laughs> yeah, it was good. Good. First podcast ever, but, yeah. You no, guys have got some, you're a natural. <laughs> you guys have got something pretty good going on here. We're trying our best. Yeah, yeah we're definitely. working on it. Hi. 414 Real Estate has been operating within the northern suburbs of Hobart since 2006 with their innovative approach to marketing and managing your property. They have all your property needs covered. Find out more by visiting them today at 414.com.au.
Well, I learnt something today. Yes. I did not know that was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that, look, we, we, I brought it up a couple of times, but the, the idea of just remember that there's going, engaging a broker versus engaging the insurance company is two very, very different things because your broker is your advocate to maximise the um, value you get out of your po- policy in the event of a claim. It's like you guys. It's essentially kind of the you can sell your house yourself or you can take a real estate yep. agent on and they'll get you the best value. So it's yeah, doing yeah. that but with the insurance And, and it's always that case too is that um, it, the, on, on that on paper value, you look, oh, why am I paying this person that small amount of money? But it's when something you that they really get their value when one, they have to work and two, when something goes drastically wrong. Yeah. And I like the way that Taylor said is that, you know, it's it's her job to help you understand your policy so that you do know the map of what's good if something happens. But the good thing is by having a broker, one, you know the map, you know what the broker's doing, but then the broker just does all the work for you. And the thing is, you know, if any of you have made a claim and well, there were some ma- majorly complex claims in the past when strata management and selling, selling alike, um, and like in her instance where she had to, she was her own. She had to go in for her own bat after she bought her property. Like, yeah, that um, was a great lead in. Just her story straight. I was, I was like, oh yeah, this Taylor knows her stuff. But if she wasn't there, well, the, the purchaser probably would have just left in the lurch. Yeah, because um, yeah, I mean, otherwise to get your, the, the lawyers involved and all that legal sense would have been a nightmare. But luckily enough, because in her, let's just say she, if she had a broker, which she did, which was her, um, obviously it was unpleasant. But it could still be resolved. So, um, central service, as far as I'm concerned. The only thing that concerned me, Aaron, was when you compared the mortgage insurance industry to Flight Center. Like, I know Flight Center was a really bad <laughs> yeah. example. Like, come on, mate. <laughs> it was. Uh, apologies on that front. It was a really bad example in the current climate. However, yeah. a year ago, that would have been a great answer. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I've got nowhere to go from there. Hey, it wasn't much better than my bulletproof vest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, well, I'm glad Taylor liked yeah. <laughs> liked coming in. She did say she'd be back yeah. if we needed her, so yeah, we can't have offended her too much. No, exactly right. But it does sound like something that's definitely worth looking into. Again, get another person on your team. Yes, exactly. And John's team's getting pretty big here. I've got a massive team. Good people too. You're yes. part of it, so it's working out for me so far. <laughs> get those people in the in your corner and cover your butt. Yeah, exactly right. Awesome. Well, mm. thank you for listening. It's good to be back on the mics, and we will be back next week. We promise. And we've got another guest coming too. Oh, well, we definitely will be. Oh, that's news to Aaron. Oh, that's good to know. <laughs> Is it another insurance? I, I, uh, <laughs> see you next week, guys. <laughs> you have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this